Hello, Chrome and Steel Radio. It is Hope Savara with a daily dose of hope, and you have a special treat. I am coming to you live, and I am late. Um, my show usually is at nine, but I have these things called kids, and I have one that still doesn't go to school. So um, it just it, we started a little late today. So. Um, let me know if you have kids, and um, drop it in the comment section. How many do you have? One, two, three, five dogs. What do you have? I want to know about it. Welcome to today's episode. So today is all about meditate, don't medicate. And I, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Hope Zavara and I have been in the yoga and fitness and mind-body space for almost 20 years. And one of the things that I still get feedback on to this day is I can't meditate. Meditation is not for me. I'm not good at meditating. I don't know if I can meditate. And I don't know how to meditate. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. And the reality is, is that everybody can meditate. Everybody can meditate. Meditation is a um, science-based practice, but it's so simple. And I think sometimes in our heads, when we want to adapt a new practice, and, and hear me out, I think when we want to adapt a new practice, we make up this stuff in our head to keep us stuck. And meditation is a road. Hey, Joe, is a road for you to get out of that stuckness. And I started meditating about 15 years or so ago, and I got to share my first experience with you because I think you can relate, and I think this might shed some light on maybe what you're feeling. So when I first started meditating, I had just taken a yoga teacher training, and I thought, okay, I'm going to start meditating because I want to clear my mind and be more calm and all that, all that stuff. And my thought process was, I'm going to think about a blank piece of paper. I am going to meditate on a blank piece of paper and that's what I did and then I started teaching meditation and that's what I was teaching so to those people I'm so sorry <laughs> but but really really meditation isn't necessarily about getting rid of every single thought that's in your head getting rid of of all the stress and like poof it's gone meditation is about finding a wedge between you and your thoughts and making that wedge a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, so that we aren't so consumed with what's going on in our lives. We aren't so consumed with the future that hasn't happened, which how many of you, that's what's circling around in your head. <gasps> if I do this, she's gonna say that. If I do this, then I won't be able to do that. Well, what if I do this, and I'm gonna get cancer, and I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna fall, I'm, oh, like I did, something could happen here. It's always like the fear of the future floating around in our head, or one of my, my concerns, which is why I wanted to start meditating, was I would overanalyze what I did. And so I would just have this repeat cycle going on and on and on about, I should have did it this way. I should have said that. I should have, I should have been more this. I should have been more that. I wish I would have done that sooner. Let me know in the comment section um, if, if you can relate, if that's something that you struggle with. And if that is, meditation could be your medication. Meditation could be your medication. And the cool thing about meditation, okay, the cool thing is that it's free. 
okay? You don't, you don't have to get a prescription. There's no copay. There's no insurance coverage. There's no orange bottle. There's no refills. And 90%, and I'm pretty certain it's probably even more, but 90% of all dis-ease is stress-based. Maybe I should use the phrase stress-induced, okay? So if we're stressed, if we're way up here, don't you think that a great solution is to kick the stress to the curb rather than just only focus on the ramifications, what comes after it? And so I thought I would spend today's episode, and I thought I'd come to you live mainly because I just didn't have time to record it this week, <laughs> but, but I want to talk to you about the benefits of meditation and hopefully spur some interest for you to want to trickle down this road and see what it's like. And through the episode today, I will share some ways to meditate too, because I don't want you to be scared. You don't have to do yoga, okay? You don't need to wear yoga clothes. You don't need to have a quiet, serene space that's like beautifully decorated, okay? Right now, my house is a tornado because we're remodeling it. So I'm actually at the studio right now. Um, but literally where I meditate at home right now is like this little like corner that I know my kids won't find me. Um, so that's where I'm meditating. It's what you make it. Okay. So these are some science-based benefits of meditation. So number one, it reduces stress. Like I said, I'm, I just have them written here. So 90% of disease is stress-based is stress-based and how much of your stress is made up. And, and I'm not saying this to insult you. What I'm saying is how much of what you're stressing about doesn't even exist, isn't even real, hasn't even happened, or has happened, and there's nothing that you can do about it. How much of that is really in your control? So meditation says, okay, let's sit with that for a moment. Let's, let's just kind of collect ourselves for a moment and see if we can create some detachment. That's the idea of like someone says something and it makes you angry and like you go and like step away for a moment to collect yourself and then come back and you're more calm. It, that's the space so you're not like heated when you say something that you're going to regret. I've done that so many times. I was a loose cannon. And then I found yoga and meditation and that changed my life. Um, although it's kind of funny because some of my family still can't let go of the old me. And it's like, oh, you know, what is she going to say? <laughs> but that's not my problem, right? That's not my problem. So, so when we think about meditation reducing stress, it only works if we meditate. It's just like the little pill and the little orange bottle. It's not going to help you control your cholesterol. There are easier ways if you don't take the little pill, okay? Now you could use food, which would be a lot more smart, but you know, we all gotta start somewhere, right? Okay, so an eight week study said that meditation called mindfulness meditation, that's a style of meditation, reduced the inflammation response caused by stress. Pretty cool. So what that study was saying then is that any disease that produces inflammation Meditation in an eight-week study dramatically reduced that. How many of you are struggling with inflammation? 
And if you don't know a lot about inflammation, when there's an injury or you have an issue, your body automatically creates an inflammation response to surround it with blood flow, to protect it, to try to heal it. It becomes chronic inflammation when you don't do anything about it. Okay, you just leave it. And then you have this old injury, you have this old issue, you have whatever going on. So what if we could just sit five minutes with our eyes closed or outside on a nice day and and it's okay today, it's snowy, but it's okay. And we just, (sighs) that in itself is meditation. You're separating yourself from everything that's going on and you're taking like a timeout essentially. That's kind of what I call timeout in our house. I do use timeout. It is helpful for my kids to like step away and like kind of just bring themselves down a notch. I'm not punishing them. I'm helping them separate so we can actually talk. And I call it meditation moment. It's like you need a meditation moment to just kind of kind of calm down and then we're going to talk about it and we can communicate and everyone can leave happy. Sometimes we just need that, and your body needs that. They've proved it, okay? Number two, it controls anxiety. This was one of the number one reasons why I started yoga and why I started down the path of meditation is because my anxiety level on a scale of 1 to 10 was like a 95, and everything induced anxiety for me. I was so up here. I was so up here. I had such shallow breathing. The average person breathes with 18% of their lung capacity. No wonder we are stressed. No wonder we are anxious. No wonder we have asthma. No wonder we have shortness of breath. No wonder we can't sleep. No wonder we're lightheaded and dizzy. No wonder we're getting cramps because we're not breathing. And you can do breathing practices, pranayama. Okay, it's called pranayama. Prana is breath. Okay, ayama, the practice of breathing. Okay, you can do those as a meditation. And we'll do that at the end of the show here. We'll do a little bit of some pranayama. And you can find more about that at hopesofar.com. And I, I teach kids with this with school. My kids do it. My son Harper is like an expert with breathing when he gets worked up. He just automatically knows. Um, he just caught on to it right away as a little kid when I was teaching it to him. My other two, eh, 50-50. <laughs> but my son Harper's got it down. And just think about what a tool that is for him as he gets older and how many people could benefit from this because breathing is free. It costs you nothing. It's the first thing that you're given in this life and the last to be taken away. So why is it not important? Why is it that people don't choose this thing that can regulate metabolism, regulate blood pressure, regulate oxygen levels, improve concentration, induce a better sleep. Like why are we not focusing more on breathing? Why is that still not important to the average American, to the average person, to you you watching this? Why is it still like it's like, yeah, that's so dumb. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, and, and yoga, I still can feel it from students when I'm like, we're going to sit and meditate or we're going to sit and breathe, you can feel their anxiety level because they're like, this is, we're not doing anything, but yet you're doing so much more when you're doing that. So meditation controls anxiety. It also reduces anxiety disorders such as phobias, social anxiety, paranoia thoughts, obsessive compulsive behaviors, and panic attacks. Another study followed up with 18 volunteers over three years after they had completed an eight-week meditation program, they said that the continued meditation 
reduced their anxiety levels dramatically. Some of them almost to zero long term. But you got to do it. You have to do it. And I'm curious, drop it in the comment section. Why, why have you not tried meditation yet? Like what's holding you back? What is scary? What is, what is confusing? Why do you feel like you can't do it? And don't say, don't say it's not for me, okay? Because if you say that, then you absolutely, I'm shaking my finger at you. I'm a mom, I'm shaking my finger at you. Um, that means you definitely need it, okay? Definitely need it. So also this study was showing that people that do yoga and meditation combined, their, their anxiety levels reduce dramatically. And I want to share a story with you. So, um, I have, I have, my past is an eating disorder and I lost my daughter and um, I just kind of felt like I would be broken forever and anxiety was a big issue for me and I still struggle with some anxiety levels today but they're much more controlled but I do notice, I do notice if I don't go to my yoga mat, if I don't sit for meditation, if I don't sit and do some sort of breathing or get outside and do a walking meditation or something, my anxiety level is just climbing, 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 climbing. And I'm my own study. The second I do something like that, poop, non-existent. And I was told by more than one doctor that best case scenario, I would learn to function in society. That was what I was told more than 15 years ago. That best case scenario, I would learn to function in society and just kind of like learn to get through the day. I didn't accept that. I wasn't willing to say, I guess that's my life. I didn't want to have kids and have all these problems. I didn't want to start to move into the world and feel like everything is so scary. What a crappy way to live. And I, and I know that because I used to live that way. So just, I want you to know that I'm not just saying this stuff. I'm not just sharing this with you because it's some cool thing on Google or that, you know, the yoga world is talking about it and it seems cool. Like I'm living proof that you can change your life. That meditation, yoga, mind, body practices, just disconnecting can dramatically change your life. And if right now you're saying to me on the other side of the screen, yeah, hope, but, oh, but you don't know. You're taking ownership over your issues. And, and I mean that in a way where it's like you're the victim. Like, oh, but you don't know what my struggle is like. You don't know how hard it is. You're right, I don't. I don't. But you I need to step outside that comfort zone, outside that bubble of everything you've already know, always known and do something different. That's what I had to do. My identity was so wrapped up in an eating disorder. Poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. Poor me, poor me, poor me. I had to choose to do something different if I wanted different results. And it was so uncomfortable. My anxiety was so much higher initially than it was afterwards because I was doing something different. But I don't regret it. I would get uncomfortable to that degree again in an instant to be where I am today. And I want that for you. Okay? Meditation promotes emotional health. Now there's a lot more research out there that's talking about emotional health or emotional wellness is even more important or maybe a better way to phrase it than mental health. Because so many of our mental disorders are emotion based. So if we can start to grasp hold of our emotions, imagine how much better we're going to feel. And I know I'm talking to you on Facebook, which is fantastic that I can do that. But 
one of the challenges I see with technology is we're not connecting on a one-to-one -one basis anymore. We're not connecting with people. So as a result, we kind of have this, this disconnect, this fake artificial world where when you connect with human beings, when, you, when you're face-to-face -face with someone and you touch somebody, that provokes emotion inside of you. And I sometimes think, no wonder it's people say certain things on social media, on, in technology, because there's no ramifications. There's no emotional connection. There's a disconnect. So we can kind of get more in touch with our emotions and on a totally different level than that and maybe even that and be able to process them more effectively. That's what meditation has done for me. It's been able to help me sit and feel and go, why am I feeling this? Because most of the time, what you're feeling in the heat of the moment has nothing to do with the heat of the moment. It has everything to do with everything else that's happened for 10 years, 5 years, 3 years, 2 years, a week, whatever. And, and that's like the last straw. It's kind of like the human body. When you throw your back out, it's not the fact that you got out of the car that threw your back out. It's everything up to that point that threw your back out. And that's a lot of times what happens with our emotional state. So kind of cool. So those who meditated showed measurable changes in activities in areas related to positive thinking, and optimism. Now, wouldn't you agree that when you are surrounded by someone that's optimistic and positive, it's like a breath of fresh air, like you want to be around them. And then go into the other room and it's like Debbie Downer or Danny Downer, I don't want to be biased. And it's like, get away from me. It's like a blood sucking vulture. You just feel yourself go down, down, down. Okay. Meditation can help you with that. You can't change them, but you can change yourself. You can protect yourself. You can boost yourself. And that's what yoga and meditation can do for you. That's what it's done for me. Enhances self-awareness. Now, I love this because as a yoga teacher, it's like arms the T. Arms overhead. And there's, there's this kind of disconnect in self-awareness. And meditation says slow down, think, feel, be, notice and be aware, and move forward. And I really found that the only way you can do that successfully is if you start to slow down. You can't do this going 90 miles an hour. You have to slow down. And then when you slow down, that awareness may also provoke anxiety because maybe you've never done it before. Maybe, maybe feeling that slight bulge around your belly is really uncomfortable. But just feel that and be aware of that. We don't need to go back into the story of why it's there or how it happened or, or the injury or whatever it is, but it's just creating a sense of self-awareness so we can make change. You can't change what you're not aware of. Think about that for a second. You can't change what you're not aware of. Pretty powerful. I'm trying to see if I have some Kleenex in here. I do. One sec here, guys. So what are some of the areas in your life that you want to enhance or change or, or whatever, you just be able to do better at? That was one of the things that when I went to outpatient treatment for an eating disorder, it was like they were asking me all these questions and I had the insights to it. And this was a really cool aha moment for me. And this is not to, to, to knock down on the other women in the group because being in a community of people struggling with the same thing was part of the reason why it, it helped me get well. But so many of them lacked the insight as to why they were there in the first place, why they had the issues that they had. It was just like blank stare. And I was so thankful 
in those moments for meditation and for the practice of yoga and mindfulness because it really gave me the insight to go, wow, Hope, like why is this happening? Why are you doing this? Why are you acting this way? Why are you behaving this way? And I was so thankful for that because that helped me really go down the road of recovery and, and not look back and go, wow, I, I need to change me. I can't change other people, but I need to change me. And that's a really powerful thing. It lengthens your attention span. Um, I believe it's like in point one point or 2.8 seconds or something like that, one to three seconds, um, you decide if you want to pay attention to something or not. That's why commercials are always flashing. That's why everything is moving so quickly because our attention span is like really, really, really little. And I see this a lot in kids. And all of the flashing electronics, all of the go, 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 like can we just do something and pay attention to it? I notice that for me as an adult, it's like I'm doing this task, then I'm doing this task, then I'm doing this task. And so think about what you're doing as a meditation. I am going to do this task and only this task from start to completion. And recognize, recognize your comfort or discomfort, your body's response. You might get warm, your, your, your heart rate might rise, you might feel angry because you're not used to doing that level of attention, of attentiveness, of focus. So this is where meditation comes in. Meditation isn't going to be like, oh, I've stepped into the heavens. It's not always going to be like that. It might be you working through your stuff and sitting even when you don't want to sit. There have been so many meditations where I've gotten up in the morning and I did not want to be there. And all I'm doing is thinking about how I don't want to be there and how irritated I am that I'm there. But I stayed. And even though I felt that way, I noticed my attention, my anxiety, my outlook was so much better, even though my meditation wasn't perfect, okay? So I just want you to, to recognize that. And so they're talking that these workers uh, in a study, they said that meditation may even reverse patterns in the brain that contribute to the mind wandering, worrying, or poor attention, how many people are losing their jobs, getting bad grades in school, getting a bad rap, not being able to communicate effectively because of those things? What if meditation could be your new medication? Again, I go back to the whole, the whole argument. It's free. It's free. It's free. Okay. May reduce age-related memory loss. This is one thing I try not to do. I'm 35 or almost 35. And... I try not to use age as an excuse and it's hard because everybody else is like, oh, I'm old or, oh, it's my old body or, or, oh, it's because I'm getting older. And yeah, we do get older. Our bodies do get older. That just means that as we get older, we have to change the level of care we give to ourselves. One of my family members um, thought it would be a, a great idea, <laughs> again, no fault to him, to continue to work like he's 20 in his 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And now as a result, he is not able to do a lot of things. And we kind of have to change our mentality as we age, but we can still, we can still be really effective. We can still honor our body. I know so many people that are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s are going the other way, 
are going the other way because they're changing how they move and breathe. They're meditating. They're moving more mindfully. They're taking better care of their body. They're moving every single day. Okay, it's not just to the kitchen and back and to the couch and back. They're moving in as many ways as possible. And as a result, they're going from stiff, brittle, can't move at all to the exact opposite. It's absolutely fantastic and remarkable. And we have to start changing our mindset. And that's where meditation can come in with that and help you with that. So um, Kirtan, which is a type of meditation or chanting or, or like group singing, okay, you could say it's beautiful music, is a method of meditation that combines mantra or chanting with repetitive motion of the fingers and focus and thoughts. It improves participants' ability to perform memory tasks in a simple study of age-related memory loss. What if in all these senior citizen homes we had more group activities like that? Singing, music, meditation. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine in a senior setting meditation or for my truckers out there, a meditation class at TA Petro's fitness center that never gets used? Like, hello, you have your mandatory off period anyways. You might as well do something and connect with other people. I take it. One of my things is I really don't want to be 90 years old in a wheelchair. So if you don't want to be in a wheelchair, get out of the chair. And I want to be able to be up here. I want to make sure I'm all up here. So I'm trying to make sure I'm doing things effectively to be able to ensure I uh, don't go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, and so there are some nutritional components to that, which we're not going to talk about today. But meditation is definitely one of them. Can generate kindness. Now, I don't know about you, but kindness is king. Kindness is king. And I believe that the world would be a better place if we would all just be a little bit more kind. If we all would be just a little bit more compassionate. Now, I don't think that kindness means you become a wet noodle, you become a doormat, you give up on all your hopes and dreams, you no longer voice your opinions, wants, needs, or desires. You never go after your dreams. That's not, that's not being kind, okay? Being kind is being considerate of other people. Asking myself, is what I'm about to say helpful or hurtful? That was one of the things I had to start saying to myself because I had like word vomit all the time as a kid. And so is it helpful or hurtful? How can I extend myself beyond? So when I go to Utah and teach, I usually go there about once a month, um, most of the months out of the year, and I work with a lot of FLDS people, which are polygamous Mormons, wonderful people. I have learned so much from them about what true kindness is. These people have not a bad bone in their body. I mean, honestly, not a bad bone in their body. And I can't help but want to be more kind and more generous every single time I'm around them. They extend themselves constantly, constantly. They are so grateful. And I'm not saying that the rest of the world is not, but it is like a new level of kindness, you guys. It is like a new level of kindness that is just unbelievable. And the amount of hate that they get and they're still kind, and they're still loving, and they're still nurturing, and it, it, they're still smiling is remarkable. And it's not like they're hiding it. They truly are happy. They truly are kind. And what if meditation 
can get us just a little bit more in that direction. One of the things that I find that happens when I sit to meditate or I get on my yoga mat and I do a quiet, slow practice is I have self-reflection time. And when I have self-reflection time, I also then have an opportunity to put myself in the other person's shoes where I can generate compassion and understanding. And even though I may not agree with them, even though I may not even like them, I can be kind and compassionate and sincere about it. And truth be told, being kind to other people is helpful for them and it's so wonderful, but really it helps you, truly. Truly it helps you because you get what you give. So if you're not willing to give kindness, don't expect to receive it back. If you're not willing to be compassionate, just wait. That situation where you wish someone was compassionate for your situation, it's not going to happen. And I'm not, you know, don't come back at me and be like, Hope said it never is going to happen. My point is that you get what you give. Karma. What goes around comes around. And if you feel like you're at a point where it's like you're, you're not, you're angry all the time and just everyone sucks and everything is negative. I mean, turn on the news for gosh sakes. Every single thing is just negative, negative, negative. There are so many things that are happening in the world right now that are fantastic. So amazing. So good. And guess what? Some of those things are even with the people that you hate, even with the people that you disagree with, even with the people that you don't like, but you just don't know about them. You just don't know about them. And so can I be kind? One study of 100 adults randomly assigned to a program that included loving kindness meditation found that these benefits were dose dependent. In other words, the more effort people put into meditation, the more positive experiences and feelings they have. And so they're talking about the medita meta meditation, M-E-T-T-A, and it's a meditation. It's three phrases that you say to yourself about loving yourself, being kind to yourself, and then doing that same thing out to the world. It's, it's beautiful. And so pretty fantastic. I really like that word today, fantastic. All right, may help with addictions. I am living proof. I can tell you more than the fingers on my hands for people that meditation has helped. And I am living proof that without meditation, without yoga, I would not be here. And I am only sharing my personal experience. Hi, Cheryl. I'm only sharing my personal experience. So please, this is not saying that this is going to be working for every single person. It depends on, you know, the person and what they put into it and all that jazz. But I chose a non-medication route. Something inside of me was saying, do not use medication. Do not, do not go on antidepressants. Do not put a single foreign chemical in your body. You can do this hope. And was it really challenging? Yes. Was I emotionally unstable at times? Yes. But I'm so thankful for that because when I would sit to meditate, when I sit in my yoga practice, I could feel, this goes back to that feeling thing we were talking about. I was able to feel everything that was going on in my life. And that helped me process. If you can't feel, you can't heal. And meditation slows you down into the moment where you can actually process what's going on. I don't care if it's something super small and super tiny. Um, a few weeks ago, I was talking to somebody 
that I knew in, in school and has been struggling with anxiety and depression for a really long time. And it's, I have compassion for her and kindness for her because it's, I listened to her and she was where I was before I decided to go down this road. It was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help myself. I can't do this, but I want to do something. She knows that she needs to change, but she's afraid to. You just got to leap. You just got to leap. You just have to leap. And food plays a huge role in it, okay? If you're struggling with anxiety and depression, food and nutrition and um, neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, which here's a great fact. You have, you store more than 80% of your dopamine in your gut more than in your brain. So there's just a testament for you that gut health is essential to brain health. So if you don't take care of this, this is not going to be so good. And that was one thing I was so thankful for when I started seeing a holistic nutritionist that they clued into right away. Like I needed to fix my neurotransmitters and my dopamine, but I continued to meditate. I continued to do yoga and that made such a remarkable difference for me. So research has shown that meditation may help people learn to redirect their attention, increase their willpower, control their emotions and impulses, and increase their understanding of the causes behind their addictive behaviors. Boom. You can't change something that you don't understand. I'm living proof of that. So taking ownership, meditation allows you to kind of take ownership over what's going on over your life and say, do I want to change or not? Do I want to change or not? Okay. We're going to keep moseying along here. That was number eight. Okay. Number nine, improve sleep. This is one thing that I'm constantly battling with is having a good night's sleep. And so I notice if I meditate just like three to five minutes at night before I go to bed, I sleep so much better. And the reason why I choose to do that right before bed, just, just a small little bit, is because my thoughts need to process. And I'm someone that lays down to sleep at night then and my thoughts are like, and I have that overanalyzing issue I told you about. So if I just take three to five minutes to decompress, let my mind go, Okay, I just separate, let my mind go. And then also what I do, also what I do is at the very end of that, you could even just do this laying down if you want it in your bed, but try not to fall asleep. <laughs> I also then extend gratitude. I remind myself and I communicate with my higher power, whatever that is for you is fine, what I'm grateful for. The people, the places, the experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly, and, and what I'm so thankful for. And I try to just run through my list um, and, and find things to be grateful for because a grateful heart is really the way to go in life. And so I use my meditation at the end of the day to do that. And I find that I sleep better because the whatever you think about in the last six minutes before you go to bed is what your subconscious mind processes. So wouldn't it make sense to never go to bed angry? Wouldn't it make sense to meditate before you go to bed? Put yourself in a better place while you're sleeping I think that that feeling is healing and, and meditation. If we can start pushing ourselves in the right direction when I'm sleeping, I can heal myself. When I'm sleeping, I can feel better. When I'm sleeping, I can be meditating. Boom shakalaka. Yes, please. I would love to do that. Helps control pain. And for me personally, and when I've worked with thousands of people before, the whole idea of controlling pain is like we're not just reacting. Okay? We're not just reacting. One of the things I like to provoke to my students is, is it pain or is it just sensation? 
most of us are always just like in the immediate, whatever it is, and just we react constantly. How about you feel a little bit more, discover it, dig into it, see where it's coming from, and kind of go from there. You might be surprised that what you're calling pain isn't pain at all. It's discomfort. And life is uncomfortable sometimes, right? I mean, it is. Okay. Your perception of pain is connected to your state of mind and can be elevated in stressful situations. I mean, drop a, drop a yes in the comment section or a like on the button if you could agree to that. For example, one study used functional MRI techniques to observe brain activities as participants experienced a painful stimulus. Some participants had gone through four days of mindful meditation training while others had not. The meditation patients showed increasing activity in the brain centers known for pain control. They also reported less sensitivity to pain. I go back to my whole argument of meditation is free. It costs you nothing. Okay, if you want to take a class or a course on it, maybe. But still, it's a lifetime skill. It's a lifetime skill, like learning to ski. You invest in that because you want to enjoy it. Learn to meditate so that you can enjoy learning how to ski. Seems like a win for me. Can decrease blood pressure. Now, I've seen this happen in many students before. Because your stress level goes down. Your stress level goes down. Hello? You're breathing more. A calming yoga practice. Now, I'm not talking about jumping around, hip hop, that kind of stuff. But like a calming yoga practice is going to bring that stress level down. And how many of the people out there, whether you're in a corporate job, whether you're just you're, you're at home with your kids or you're over the road trucking, like life is stressful. What are you doing about it? I asked myself this question about two years ago. Because I noticed my stress level getting higher and higher and higher. And at that time, I kind of fell away a little bit from meditation. I kind of fell away a little bit from my personal practice. And boy, was my stress level creeping. And I could like, oh, manage it. But then I'd kind of hit the, hit the wall. And so what is it that you can do to start incorporating meditation into your life? The second I started doing that again, my stress level dropped dramatically. And I noticed that my blood pressure was a little bit higher and normally I have really low blood pressure. And so just noticing these things about myself, I'm like, I have to change. It's me. I have to change. I have to change in my environment. Because if I just bring myself out of my environment, it doesn't mean anything. I lived in Nigeria for almost a year and I was still struggling with an eating disorder on and off. Guess what? I changed my environment. I was good for a while, but then all the reasons why I had an eating disorder just came right back and I had the same problems in a completely different continent. So this is why I go back to, again, what tools can I cultivate for myself that I can do long-term, I can take anywhere with me, and they are self-motivated. So at the end of the day, I am responsible for my life. Me. And meditation is an opportunity for you to start taking hold of your life. Pretty powerful stuff. Okay. My fingers are not working today, guys. All right, number 12. You can meditate anywhere. A bus, a plane, a train, outside in the woods, at the football game, in your bed, on your yoga mat, on your couch, wherever. I mean, really, I don't know any place that you can't not meditate. I always wonder if that's the right way to say it, but we're going to go with that. There's, there's really no wrong place to do it. The only person, the only thing standing in your way 
of even considering learning how to meditate is you. And I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. I want you to feel so guilty when you go to bed tonight that you did not even try to meditate. That it's just like, oh my gosh, hope is in my head. I'm stressed. I'm whatever. But yet you didn't try meditation. So you didn't try everything if you haven't tried meditation yet. So what's holding you back? Maybe consider today getting out a piece of paper or voice text or whatever you want to do, type what is holding you back from wanting to meditate? Like legitimately, write them all down. And then I want you to read them back to yourself because you'll be surprised at how silly some of them are. I don't have the time. I don't have the space. I'm too busy. I have kids. Okay. I mean, I run multiple businesses. I have three kids. My husband has a business. He just started a new job. I have two dogs. I have 27 chickens. We have, we have acreage. We all like, I'm busy. Okay. But I still try to make it a point to find time to meditate, to practice yoga, to walk almost every single day because I choose me. Because I choose me. And if I choose me, I can be more kind to other people. I can choose other people. I can be a better teacher. I can be a better parent. I can be a better spouse. I can be a better guide. I can be a better friend. I can be a better stranger when I choose me. And if you're at the point where you're ready for that, choose you. And I have to be honest, that initial choice, I felt really guilty. Like, I'm choosing me. I'm, I'm going to my yoga practice. I'm going to my mat. I'm shutting my office door and, and doing my thing while my kids are up there doing whatever. But I'll tell you what, that 20 minutes, that half an hour, that 10 minutes, that five minutes, I came back and integrated myself back and I was a better person. I was more focused, more content, more happy, more attentive, more kind, more self-loving, not so edgy, not so bitter, not so snippy, not so, you know, tired and poor me. I was more present. And so the cool thing about meditation, you can do it anywhere. You can do it anytime. You don't need fancy yoga clothes on. And what you get back is you more integrated into your everyday life. You get your life back. I got my life back. And I have to border that line because I'm going to start getting emotional if I talk too much about it. Uh, but I got my life back because I chose me. And I see it a lot. I see it a lot. It is hard to choose you. It is hard because we have been victim to our stories for such a long time. Oh, I injured myself 12 years ago doing this and it's never been the same. Oh, I have this. Oh, I did this. Oh, I have this. Hi, I'm cancer. Hi, I'm diabetes. Hi, I'm, I'm back hernia. Hi, I'm this. Hi, I'm that. Like it's become who we are. And so remember, meditation helps you separate from that stuff so that you can self-identify with yourself so that you can realize that you're not that. Okay. Most of the time we're reacting to our life, to the situation around us. I want you to learn to take action in your life. And if we can step back and just be a little bit more aware, our whole life changes. My whole life changed. I know so many people that has. Five minutes. Five minutes. And do not tell me that you don't have five minutes. Do not tell me that. 
because that's a lie. Because I bet if I watched you for a whole day, there are plenty of times that you are wasting five minutes. And I'm not saying you need to be busybody from the morning that you wake up to the moment that you go to bed. Uh, you need to be so productive and, and, and building your business empire and, and constantly busy. That's not what I'm saying. Because there's a difference between being busy and being mindful and being present. Okay? There's a difference. So if you're still like, Hope, I, I don't know. I don't know how to meditate. I don't know, I don't know where to start. First things first, turn off the radio. Turn off the TV. Close the door. And just sit. So here's my challenge for you. I want you to set a timer for two minutes. Two minutes. 120 seconds. That's it. I don't know how many milliseconds, but 120 seconds. That's it. And I just want you to sit with one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly and just feel your breathing. Keep your mind attached to your breathing, aware of your breathing, connected to your breathing for two minutes. And in those two minutes, thoughts are going to come into your head. You're going to feel uncomfortable. You might like feel crawly in your skin. All of a sudden your nose might itch. Your back might hurt. You might feel hot and you want to take off your jacket or whatever. Don't do it. Don't do it. So your body's really intelligent. And the second you start doing something that you're normally not doing, it's going to go, hey, the mind is going to go, I am losing control over this person. Alert, alert, alert. And then all this stuff goes haywire to get you distracted. Okay? I want you just to try to stay present with your breathing for two minutes. And even though you might feel uncomfortable, even though you might not like it, even though the thoughts in your head are like, this is dumb, this is stupid, why am I doing this? Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Because every single time then you sit for those two minutes, it's going to get better and better and better and better. And eventually you'll get to that place where instead of just feeling all the thoughts and trying to create separation, there'll be less thoughts. So one of the reasons why I, what I use meditation for is it's this visual of separating myself from my thoughts. I always use the visual of a, of a bulletproof glass or a double pane glass. I'm on one side, my thoughts are on the other. I can't engage, but I can observe them, but I'm not going to get involved in them. I'm not going to emotionally get involved in them. And that's so helpful for me because I was a firecracker. I would just react to anything because I had so much pent up emotion. I wasn't feeling that's part of addiction is you don't want to feel. And so I, I didn't know how to process feelings and meditation really helped me with that because I had to sit. I had to sit with the uncomfortableness. I had to sit with the anxiety and here's something amazing that I noticed. It passed. It passed. It did not last forever. That was a game changer. That it wasn't something that lasted forever and ever and ever and ever. What is it? Like an anxiety, a panic attack only lasts anywhere between 30 seconds and two minutes. And then it starts to trickle off from there. That's it. That's it. So once I could process that, separate from that, I was no longer victim to it anymore. So your homework is, is two minutes. Two minutes, I want you to try to meditate. Come back to this feed. Come back to this show and tell me about it. Tell me your experience. I want to know. 
Tell me what you're struggling with. Tell me what was good, what was challenging, what was bad, what, what whatever. Let me know. I want to know. But I want you to hold yourself accountable to those two minutes. And I promise you, two minutes out of your day will not kill you. It will help you. And then maybe tomorrow, two minutes. And then the next day, two minutes. And then the next day, two minutes. And if you want to know more about meditation, you want to know more about uh, yoga, visit my website, hopesofara.com. If you're a trucker and you want to know more about meditation, yoga, and breathing, guess what? Mother Trucker Yoga, we have easy three to five minute videos and everything in there. I have breathing practices. I have meditation. I have yoga. All things that you can do in and around your rig. No excuses. Because I get it. You're stressed. You're on the road. You have angry people. They don't understand how to drive a semi and they think that it's your fault that, you know, they're, they're getting cut off and they're not getting cut off. You're just trying not to kill them, right? <laughs> And so an opportunity for you to start taking better care of you. And so that is really what I'm hoping for for listeners today is meditation maybe becomes one of your medications. And it's like over the age of 52, the average person takes 11 medications. Over the age of 62, the average person takes 18 medications. Hell no. That's not going to be me. That is not going to be me. I refuse because I take full responsibility for myself and I want that for you. I want that for you. Okay. So I have a couple of sponsors I want to talk about really quick here. So Backshield, you've heard me talk about this before. So this is amazing. Backshield, backshield.com. Use the code DDH15 for 15% off. It's normally like 99 bucks. You get it for 89 or 75, something like that, and free shipping. So you're driving in a car a long time or in a truck. You want to use it in your chair when you're sitting. It has changed my back. My back is so tweaky since I had a, a fall two years ago. Amazing. I, I don't leave home without it. You will not regret it. It is one of the best purchases I've ever made. So DDH15, backshield.com. Thank you guys at Backshield. You're absolutely amazing. I love your products. I also want to give a shout out to Jack's Chrome Shop. If you have a rig, they also are getting some pretty epic motorcycle accessories and parts in. Use the code DDH10 for 10% off your order. You can deck out your ride. Pretty, pretty badass if you don't ask me. And uh, if you're a trucker and you want to experience mother trucker yoga, or you're not a trucker and you just want to experience mother trucker yoga, I'm cool with that too. Hop over to mothertruckeryoga.com. Use the code, code DDH50 for 50% off for your first 30 days. It's $7.99, guys. How can you go wrong with that? Improve your health, your well-being for that much. You can't go wrong. All right. And then most importantly, uh, for those of you that are like, I love hope. It's awesome, right? Um, check out hopesavara.com. I am hosting a summit, a virtual summit in April. About 16 different people I've interviewed on what it means to be happy and how they continue to live happy, what it is to live their best life. Pretty amazing. So you can hop over there and register. It's absolutely free and you can get all of those interviews and insights and little nuggets um, available to you right in your inbox. All right, guys, I want you to know that no matter how hard it gets, that no matter where you're at in life, to never lose hope. That whatever it is that you're going through, other people are surely going through the same thing even though they might not show it. And you have an opportunity today with meditation to start to move down that path of success, to start to move down that path of better health, to start to move down that path of a happier version of you. But you have to make that step. 
You have to make that first step. You have to make that choice. And I want to let you know I believe in you. Please share out this broadcast. Please share out this episode because the best way for us to get our message out at Chrome and Steel Radio and